Aloha, everybody. Welcome to another installment of the Pod Squad. Chad Blair, Honolulu Civil Beat. And today I'm going to introduce you to Matt Tafate'e, who happened to join us at a civil um, cafe the other day, and he's involved in criminal justice reform. And he came up and said, hey, I'd like to talk story. And I said, you know, let's talk story. And Matt, you finally agreed to come in. Hello. Yeah, thank you for having me. Matt is the executive director of First Lap, LAP. It stands for Life After Prison. It helps former prisoners transfer back into the community. Matt, tell us about this program. Well, it's founded on a scripture, you know, that we all run in a race, run in such a way that you may win. And the reason I came up with First Lap is a lot of um, men, when they release, they're so stressed out and overwhelmed with the expectations that the paroling authority have on them that they tend to fall backwards. So the first slap when they come there, the first 30 days, we escort them to all their appointments. We help them get their IDs, everything that they need so to ease a lot of the pressure that they have. So that's how we've been doing it all these years. And how many years have you been doing this? 17 years. Wow. And you guys are actually in Palolo Valley. Is that yes, right? Yes, yes. Uh, and for those of us who don't know out there in uh, podcast world, uh, Palolo is our neighbor. We're actually in Kaimuki. We're on YLI. So I didn't know that this, how close you were to us. How big is the facility? Does it have folks actually staying there? Yes. Currently, we have uh, 13 men. Yeah, I keep it at a maximum of 20. I don't want to get it too big because I really want to personalize with all my men. You know, I treat them like family. And so it's like a family setting. You know, we respect one another, you know, and so we get it to where we can share, you know, a lot of the errors that we made in our past lives. So what's that like? It must be culture shock when you're, what, I guess, leaving OCCC or Halava or other facilities, or is it primarily the prisons versus the jail, or is it all the facilities? It's all the facilities. All the facilities. So what's a typical reaction for someone who's been in, I don't know, maybe as, as few as a, a short time, maybe a number of years? What's something that typically someone is suffering from or thinking about once they get out? Of getting a job. <laughs> Priority number one yes, is getting yes. a job. Because it's the three expectations that HPA places on them. HPA is Hawaii Paroling Authority, is that you have to get employment, uh, residential place, and uh, successful resources to support you. Okay. Now, I'm guessing that there must be a bit of a challenge getting someone a job who's been serving time. There must be probably a perception, gee, I don't know if I want to hire this person. How do you convince employers that, no, this is, this is someone who just needs a second chance, uh, and uh, how do you get over that big hurdle? Oh, well... Over the years, we were able to build a good reputation, you know, for a lot of our uh, employers out there. So we have felony-friendly employers who are willing to hire inmates coming out. Hmm. How's your track record in terms of getting placement? Pretty good. Um, yeah. Within 30 days, they, they get jobs. Oh, that's good. That's good yes. news. Uh, it's also a faith-based program. You mentioned scripture, uh, scripture earlier. Yes. Uh, faith is important to you and part of the program. Yes. Explain how that works. And like I said, the first 30 days is where we just take them to all these places that we go of my faith. You know, after the 30 days, because of the freedom of religion, they're welcome to go wherever they please. It doesn't matter what denomination yes, you are, yes. Protestant or Catholic yes. or, or Mormon. Yes. Everyone's welcomed. <laughs> yes. Uh, how do you support LAB? What kind of uh, funding mechanism is there? Well, basically, we have no government funding. You know, for 17 years, within the first 30 days, we get them employed. So each person pays their rent. Oh, I see. Yeah. So the rent basically been covering us 
for all these years. Kind of self-sustaining, then, yes. in a way. Yes. Now, you did time yourself. Yes. Tell me a little bit about what led you to serve in prison, I think about 10 years. Well, because of my past history, which I found out this is my passion of trying to help men coming out. And basically, it starts at a young age. You know, a lot of people don't realize a lot of the inmates, they have experienced some type of trauma mm. about their childhood life. And that's basically how I grew up, you know, with a lot of traumatic experiences, you know. Where'd you grow up? I grew up actually in Palolo in 1986. We moved there, but I grew up in Kalihi, in uh, where my father's church. My father was the pastor, you know, so in, in our culture, you're forced to go to church. You got to do all these things, you know, and uh, so he was outside of the housing called Mayor Rights. Right. Yeah. Uh, did um, did you join a gang? Were you involved yes. in that kind of activity? Yes. So that's what it led to because of my uh, experience at home. You know, uh, me and three other siblings were constantly abused by our father, mm. you know, and, and we're taught not the same, to share. The same father that yes. is the pastor? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. You were taught not to? To share anything outside of the house. Jeez. So as pastor's kids, we... Needed to play that role, like we're good, everything's good, but in the final, you know, later that it only leads to what I ended up going to prison for. Manslaughter. Yes. Yeah, and you served 10 years. Uh, Halava? Um, well, you start off at OCCC, you know, pre-trial, then you go to trial, and then the court decides what they're going to sentence you. So they gave me manslaughter after looking into all the evidence, you know, and how that came about, so... 10 years out of the 10 years, I served five and a half years. And was it, uh, you mentioned partly at the Oahu Correctional Community yes. Center, but uh, where else? Then I you? went to Halava. Halava. Yeah. Um, what was that like? I've actually toured the prison back when Nolan Espinda was Espin- warden. Yeah, you probably know yeah, Nolan. Yeah, yeah. Yes, He's yes. now Department of Public yes. Safety Director. That's a whole nother story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just seeing it as a, as a visitor was uh, shocking enough for me, including seeing the, the area where they hold some guys uh, for up to 23 hours in solitary confinement. Yes, that's then, the maximum security. Right, and then yeah. there's like a, an area, with, not an outdoor area, but it's like basically a gym, and you can kind of see the sky when you're looking through, and you get about an hour in that yes. area. Yeah. What was it like being on the inside? Oh, terrible. And for me, at that young age, you know, I actually was facing life. How old were you? I was 20 years old. Jeez. Yeah. Wow. So still young minded and and life was the you could possibly have had a life in prison. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, you know how, how does it compare to the movies? We've all watched these prison movies. You know, uh, the Green Mile. What's the one with the, the Shawshank Redemption? Shawshank Redemption. Exactly. What is the you know set of straight reality wise? What it's really like to be in prison compared to what you see in the movies? Back then, um, OCCC was considered OP. Oahu prison. Ah. So it was where you were grouped with inmates that you don't even know what they were convicted of. Oh, geez. Now they got it segregated, you know, from your charges, you know, but back then it was um, right after we had that major riot in Hawaii. Right. Yeah. You know, I I bring this up in part because um, you also were appointed by Governor David Ige to be on the the Criminal Justice Task Force, which uh, concluded its work uh, last year, and there were recommendations made to the legislature, and they're going over some of that stuff now. 
um, how were you welcomed in that group? I mean, that, that included uh, judges, justices, prosecutors, <laughs> defense attorneys, advocates. Um, you're coming from being someone who actually served inside the yes, system. Yes, yes. How do they treat you? How did you get along with oh, those guys? Um, they welcomed me. You know, I was blessed to be part of that group. Even even in our report that we submitted to Governor Ige, they actually spoke of first lap. You know, mm-hmm. they said this is like a model program the state should, you know, look at because it costs the state no money. Right now we're paying over a quarter of a billion dollars annually, our taxpayers, just to house these inmates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with no necessary programs to help prepare them prior to getting out. Give me an idea out of that task force. What are one or two ideas do you think the state should be following now to, to fix our prisons, to fix our jails? There's four jails and four prisons. Halava, you mentioned, OCCC. What do we need to do? What's top of mind for you? It's creating programs to help a lot of these men to change from a lot of that traumatic experience to find a new way of life. Because majority of them who commits the crimes are usually addicted to alcohol or drugs. That's the way of coping with a lot of those issues and not being able to heal from that is what's going to cause them to go right back to that same thing. So programs that would help them to heal of that. And Among the folks that you have at, at LAP First Lap, um, how many slip and fall back? Uh, in other words, you know, I'm, sh- I'm sure not everybody makes, makes it, it a right. job. But if you had a percentage-wise, about how many don't? Yeah, we had about 63%. That succeeds. So that's a, that's a, but that's also thirty seven that didn't that make didn't it. make it. Yeah. Yes. So yeah. and do they then many of them revert to drug and alcohol use? Is that a major reason? Yes. Yes. So if we had more rehabilitation programs uh, in the facilities and when they get out, that's something that you're advocating for. Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Um, what else am I missing about our correctional system here in Hawaii? It seems like. We really have a lot of problems. What message would you give to people out there who care about our fellow citizens, worry that we put too many behind bars, that we send too many uh, to Arizona? Arizona. And, uh, you know, what would you want citizens to understand about the folks like you who were once behind bars, who you're now helping with First Lap? That we should have programs to help a lot of these men to change their mentality, you know, of that they can do it, you know. And that's how the task force was started. You know, they took a trip to Norway, and they found out that the the guards actually treated them like human beings. Huh. Yes. Are you saying that the guards don't necessarily treat prisoners like human beings in Hawaii? Yes. Okay. So uh, this has been amazing. I think you're the first um, convicted felon I've ever had on the <laughs> This would have to be the first, yeah. unless somebody's not telling me anything. Anything else I'm missing? Any final point you want to make about... Oh, I'm just noticing your shirt. It says 1 Corinthians 9.24. What is 1 Corinthians? Yeah, that was the scripture that I shared that earlier. You mentioned That earlier. we all run in that race. Run in such a way that you may win. Okay. Shows you that I'm a little behind on my Bible study. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to say, Matt? Well, just uh, briefly, real quickly, is my passion has always been for our youth. So I started an organization called Peacemakers in honor of my victim as well as my brother, you know, who would kill, you know, through the act of violence. So I've been going out, volunteering and helping a lot of our youth. Schools invite us to come and share, you know, the choices we made in the past and what led us to where we are now. You know, and I've been counseling and mentoring our boys and girls in the juvenile justice system. 
in hopes to prevent them from getting to that point because majority of them, their parents are in prison, yeah, or their parents are addicted to drugs. They're just repeating the pattern. Yes, yes, exactly. So breaking that generational curse, you know, which I believe, you know, you know, I was able to do that and um, bring healing into my family and in turns, our family is doing good now. If people want to get in touch with you, either about the youth program or about First Lab, how can they find you? The best way is through my email. It's L-A-P-F-I-R-S-T at yahoo.com. Lapfirst at yahoo.com. Yes. Well, Matt Talfate, Executive Director of First Lap, which stands for Life After Prison, as well as this new youth program. Peacemakers. Peacemakers. It's been a real pleasure, and um, I really respect the good work that you're doing. Thanks for coming on to the Pod Squad. Thank you. And you can visit us at civilbeat.org and follow us on Twitter and Facebook. For Civil Beat, for the Pod Squad, I'm Chad Blair. Take care and aloha. Mm-hmm.